0: Welcome back, listeners. I'm Robin Black, and this is It's All About Healing podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us, Amanda Che. She is the author of The Girlfriend's Guide to Lupus. She's going to tell us a little bit about her story and her journey. How are you today, Amanda?
1: I'm good. Thank you, Robin. I appreciate being here as a fellow Hoosier,
0: one to another. (laughs) another Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I live in the state of Raleigh, North
1: Carolina. I, of course, um, have lupus as I've written a book about it. So my journey with lupus is longer than most people's journey with lupus. It takes usually five to seven years to get a lupus diagnosis. And that's kind of a common one. Um, But my journey was roughly 20 years. And that's because if you rewound, you would find me in Indy. A very Mm -hmm. sick pregnant woman, very, very sick. Multiple feeding tubes and like seven hospitalizations because I I don't know why I was just so out of whack, right? The pregnancy was really tough. And the focus was just on getting me to survive. So I had a baby. She was beautiful. Uh, I have another daughter, you know, less troubles. But then um, I start feeling bad, you know, like joints are hurting. But I thought I was so brutal on my joints, which I was. I did all these sports, you know, I was the CrossFit, I was the runner. And I mm-hmm. just thought, gosh, I, I'm just getting old. You know, I'm just killed my joints. And I went to a doctor and he did one of these like, oh, you yeah. are getting old. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. You know, I was like, <laughs> because I could think that, but I didn't want to hear that from anyone else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like run some blood tests. And he found out I have something called Sjogren's, which is a autoimmune disease that typically attacks the cells, the moisture producing cells in the face and the part of the body. And I'm like, okay. But when I started seeing a rheumatologist, who's a specialist in rheumatic conditions, she would ask me repeatedly, so have you lost any hair? And I would be like, no. Uh, I would like start to get, you know, these, what about any lung infections or any chest pain? And I would repeatedly be like, no, like I, you know, I got a complex but then I got smart and I would repeatedly look up kind of these questions and I learned that she was trying to see if I had lupus, right? So this mm-hmm. went on for a decade until COVID hit and yes, the hair started to fall out and I was very serious, right? Mm-hmm. But finally, I, I went through these conditions. So that said I had lupus and I'll explain that in a second. And after I was diagnosed with lupus six months later, unfortunately, my oldest daughter, the one that was so hard to grow in that belly of mine was diagnosed with lupus as well, which is not a very common occurrence. And it's a a double whammy for the family.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So to all the listeners, can you explain exactly what lupus is?
1: Yes. And if you are listening and you say, I have no idea about lupus, except we know that Selena Gomez lost a kidney. Mm -hmm. I would say, I understand It's it's a hard disease to wrap your brain around. So what it is, is when your immune system goes haywire. And instead of, you know, fighting off the bad things, it turns and fights internally. Uh, through Think through the entire body, not just like some, like, rheumatoid arthritis, which may attack the fingers or the feet more. This is a systemic, chronic, incurable disease. So for some, uh, some common symptoms might be tiredness, it, but That feels like an exaggeration. It's extreme fatigue where it's hard to get out of bed. You can have joint pains. Uh, I mentioned hair loss, mouth ulcers, um, blood work issues, like I've had vitamin D, calcium and white uh, white blood cells and platelets low. So the thing is, lupus shows up uniquely for each person, like a snowflake. It can Mm -hmm. be extreme. It can steal your life. It can take organs out of your body. Or what most people think of is they have this little butterfly rash. But yeah. 1.5 million Americans have lupus. And 90% of them are women, which is that's very cool. interesting. 5 million people across the world have it. But we think that's heavily underrepresented. And it's not that there are, oh, so many you know, Americans with lupus. It's just that we know the measures because it's so
0: hard to determine when it shows up uniquely for everyone in their own way. Right. So, how how is it living with lupus? Like, is it mm. you have like like what what exactly is it like? What happens?
1: Uh, it's like a, a daily basis, but I have worked very very hard on trying to grow my myself awareness. Meaning, mm-hmm. I am so uh, on a good way, like critical of like what am I? How am I feeling today? What's going on? That I learned to very quickly make shifts and adjustments to be healthier, to not go into a flare. So a flare or a flare up is when the disease activity goes up and it can cause very severe permanent damage to the body, to the organs. So we we try to do everything we can to lower those flare states. Um, like for example, you know, just if you want to know, like this morning you wake up, I wake up and my knees feel like, feel old. They, they feel big, they feel crunchy. They're, they feel, they're not, but they feel so swollen. And mm-hmm. when I come downstairs, you know, I start moving through the day, that gets better. But I've also been going through um, the last few days of very, very tired, where you don't know why, like in the middle of the day, you have to lay down. And that's after sleeping 10 hours at night. So for me, those are kind of the two things that show up. Um, but they can definitely progress to, to some really big, scary things um, mentally, too, as well. Like, I, I know you probably talked about this before, but... Roughly 4% of the population in general has depression, right? And 19% mm-hmm. have anxiety. When you have lupus, you are much higher. You are 25% of the people with lupus have depression and 40% have anxiety. So it's not just a physical side of yeah. lupus. There's a mental side of lupus as well that is really challenging. The science needs a lot more research to understand that.
0: Wow. And so how often... So, you said your flare for your fatigue flare up is Mm -hmm. on a daily basis, but how often are the other flare ups?
1: Well, luckily for me, uh, they all kind of roll together. So, I on a daily basis, I would say I don't have a flare. If I didn't pay attention and I pushed through, uh, if I was extra stressed or I didn't eat well or I didn't sleep well, you could assume that a flare would come on. And it's usually kind of gradual. You have to keep an eye on it and it can get quite severe pretty quickly. A lot of times we go on prednisone. And if you have been on prednisone, it's a terrible sucky drug. It makes me sing Beyonce, you know, repeating in my head as I clean the house and I feel like I need to go to the ER. It's uh-huh. not good. I mean, I know that sounds good, but it's not good. So uh-huh. you need to do everything you can to be aware of what's going on and lower those flares so that you can best go about your daily life. So really, it's a daily thing, like checking in with the body, making sure I need to do what I need to do to keep Mm -hmm. myself roughly centered. You know, there's no perfect way, but just
0: roughly centered. And how has this affected you mentally throughout this journey and then Mm -hmm. also with your daughter being diagnosed Mm -hmm. with it as well?
1: Mentally, I, uh, you know, i uh unfortunately always called myself like, you know, like a warrior or like a badass. Like, I got this. I'm going to take lupus's ass. Um, but I learned I can't. <laughs> I yeah. learned uh, that's not possible. So when the reality hit that this is incurable and this is a lifetime, and I have to feel like this all the time, uh, is very sad. I mean, Definitely going through periods of feeling depression, going through periods of anxiety, um, feeling overwhelmed, feeling angry. You know, it was really like the cycle of grief, right? right? It's just like you lost a loved one, but you lost the version of me. Now I am forty-eight years old, and so I, you know, being in my mid-forties when I was officially diagnosed is a much better way. But can you imagine? You know, when my her name is Anna, my daughter when she's 21 and being told that she's got to deal with this. I mean, she's got over 20 you know, let's say 25 years to get where I am today.
0: Right. right. So
1: as a mom, I feel, um, I'm, I, you know, there's always guilt, right? There's mom guilt, but I yeah. know that I never, you know, I never intentionally gave it to her. I didn't even know myself. So I feel like I did the best I could with that. And I know that one reason I have lupus now is to support her in her mm-hmm. role.
0: Absolutely.
1: I, I like that.
0: Yeah. So tell us how you came about writing your book. Tell us a little bit mm. about that.
1: Good question. So I decided to write The Girlfriend's Guide to Lupus. I, it sounds so cliche, but I was walking my dog and I just had this realization. I love to read. If you could scan around the room now, you would see piles of books. I, I'm a voracious reader and I always <laughs> knew I would do something, but in my mind, all these ideas you know, wouldn't turn out. So I it, it was one day when I was Feeling really, you know, woe is me, right? I was feeling really bad, like, God, I've worked out all my life, you know, I'd have to have this and you know, couldn't it be someone who was like not healthy? Like then I would understand. So I, I was having like a downtime, mm-hmm. but then I, I realized that it could be a lot worse for me. Right. Yeah. I've been on those Facebook groups and they are scary of what happens to some people with lupus. And I'm like, that's not me. I mean, I my version, it's perspective. My version felt terrible, but I knew it could be worse. And so my health, my habits I have done for, you know, 25 years of my life being on my own allowed me to manage, better manage what I have. And so I I thought that was something that I needed to share with women. It's not that they need some fancy program. They don't have to meditate for an hour on end and do yoga and be Mm gluten-free. These aren't the things. What I talk about in the book are simple things that can be applied to everyone in life, but Specifically, I did them for women with lupus because life is hard and life can be overwhelming and trying to get people to invoke change at a time when you're
0: not healthy is a big challenge. I like that. So the book in and in, in, out, basically, what, what type of journey does this book take the readers on?
1: This journey is a honest, vulnerable journey of how I thought I had some shit together, but I didn't. So I share Mm -hmm. like, I know better and I still make mistakes along the way. But it's not about perfection. It's learning ways to do things, forgiving yourself when you make mistakes and getting back on path. There is humor in it because I think life can be quite funny, but I also want small, simple changes, not Running a marathon, or hey, let's all be lupus people and try to climb Mount count, Mount Kilimanjaro. It's simply being aware that lupus has stolen part of our health, but not all of it, and that remaining part really remains in your hands, and that is powerful.
0: I like that. So, what do you do to keep your spirits high? Because I can tell you're definitely in high spirits. So, what do you do? Uh, I, I
1: live in a lot of quietness, like I, I, which is funny. I'm very, I'm a very choosy chick right? Uh I have awesome friends. I don't have 5 million of them. There are people that I assess when I come in. Um, So, you know, I, I've learned to be choosy who's in my life, what energy I give out when I want. I do all those things I tell people to do. Like I walk my dog twice a day. I do some type of some exercise that works for me. I try to control my sugar. I drink a lot Mm -hmm. of water. If something is really stressful, I have to decide, is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Um, I try right. to be in the present. That's something that I'm always striving for, but I know the value of it. So I try to do all these things, and I work really hard on sleeping well. <laughs> Sleep is when you restore.
0: <laughs> and what do you like? What do you do for a living?
1: Well, um, the last sixteen months, I wrote the book, uh,
0: uh-huh. so that
1: was full time work. Okay. That's a that's a lot of work, <laughs> but yeah. I also have uh, I own a company where I train businesses and teams how to manage stress and how to be more mindful. Wow.
0: Okay. So that's that was my question: is um, with this diagnosis, how is it when you're going to work every day, or you know, is mm. it oh you yeah, up or how yeah? There's work?
1: some days I'm like I don't know how people can work when I'm really bad. Yeah. I'm like I don't know. You know, there I, there were times where I I was really sick when I was writing the book. I, I thought I was having stroke, and, and so I I could not write. Things would not come out of my brain, which is very. Fr- I mean, it's a frustrating thing for anyone because finances, but it, it's frustrating because you know you got good stuff in you, and you just can't do the work. You can't pull things out. Um, I gave an example in the book about when I was managing. It was during COVID, and I had a team of forty people that we were doing this COVID program, uh, mm-hmm. multi million dollar program, and I at the moment, couldn't acknowledge or see, I talk about being self-aware, but I couldn't see how stressful it was for me. Yeah. And I started to lose weight. And, you know, at first you're like, oh, oh yeah. and then, you know, people would be like, are you okay? You know, I mean, yeah. are you okay? And then I'm like, oh, what's going on? And then I started making mistakes. I was paying the contractors. They're like, you didn't pay me enough. or well, you paid me the wrong amount. And I, I started to make these errors over and over. And it was finally one of those like, oh okay, stress is getting the best of me here. And you still, I mean, you have to finish the job. But it was just one that I uh, i took more meaning upon reflection of, okay, maybe we shouldn't take on any challenges. Like, this is a little bit overwhelming. We don't need to do this anymore. You know, one of those uh, studies uh, of <laughs> self-reliance that you have yourself. Only upon reflection. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's just, you know, I don't, I don't, avo- I, I'm the bee. Robin, ten more things in my life at least. I know it. I do something, and then oh yeah, and then I pivot. I teach my daughters that I'm like, oh, Uh try if you don't like it, try something else. So I'm, I'm amazed. I wrote a book. All right, will I always do this? No, but you know what? I I think that's okay. You know, there's too much that's been limited on uh, from lupus, but it it doesn't control everything. You know, I just have to get outside. I have to see some sun. I have to talk with some friends who are good, and it'll give me some light again. It's hard to stay stuck in a house feeling bad. Yeah. I mean, the secret, really, one of the secrets is just to get
0: out. Absolutely. What other things are you interested in? What other things do you like?
1: Oh, man. Okay. Well, you know, like we happen to have a few ramen shops in, in Raleigh or um, pharmacy, a lab. You know, there's lots of different things. I love travel. I love travel.
0: Uh-huh. You like What's travel? What's your favorite? Desti- yes. What's your favorite destination?
1: Well, I just returned a few weeks ago from Uganda
0: where I was yeah,
1: gorilla trekking. But it's very uh-huh. unfortunate that just literally weeks after we came back, exactly, exactly where we were. There were two tourists killed and the guide was killed. And so now travel to Uganda is all shut down. So I know that it was a risk to go to Uganda. Mm-hmm. Statistically, it looked okay. But it was my goal in life. One of my big goals was to go see yeah. the gorillas. I, I knew it. You know, I had a, a year mm-hmm. and it, you have to plan it a long time. And so I went, I'm so grateful. I was safe. I came home healthy. I didn't have flares. Um, and, you know, the the universe was very kind to me at that time that we weren't injured. But it is one of those reflections like,
0: hmm. Right. Yeah. But I love to it, what is the gorilla? You said a gorilla track? What was yeah, that? Yeah, so
1: gorillas, the Western gorillas, are the, they're only found in Rwanda, Uganda, and the DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo. They mm. have never been in a zoo. So they are in a really small little area between the three countries. And you can go in with a guide. So you go in a group, you go on really, really hard trekking, like, the gorillas, you know, aren't on a path. They you're literally the guides are trekking, you know, cutting through the jungle. It's called the Bwindi Impenetrable Forest for uh-huh. a reason. And then you get to observe them. I don't know who, if they're looking at you or you're looking at them, but yeah. it was just it was amazing. It was beautiful. That sounds amazing. Gorillas are one of my favorite animals. Oh, <laughs> so. see, yeah. Well, you're gonna give it some time, uh huh, give it some time until they figure out what they're doing in there. Um, yeah, but you. Yeah. The the people, that's the, I'm a better person when I travel because it's not just a news flash anymore. It is, wow. I know how tourism affects the people of Uganda. I know how they struggle on a daily basis. And this is going to make their lives so challenging for such a period of time. And so I'm a better citizen of the world when
0: I travel. I like that. I like that a lot. So tell us a little bit about your website and what you offer.
1: Sure, sure. On my website, I have a, the website is uh, amandache.com. Don't you know that was available? What a surprise. And it's just a, a little bit about me. There's a link to some, I have some YouTube videos, which are a lot of fun, and a link to the book. My book can be found, uh, The Girlfriend's Guide to Lupus, on Amazon. And for now, that's Amazon holds you to that for a few months. And then I'm also on Instagram at Amanda E. Che.
0: Nice. And what advice would you give the listeners if there was any type of advice? Any doesn't matter. Just what? Would okay. Do? Let's think. Um,
1: if let's start with the first one. If you think you have lupus, because remember I told you it takes a long time to figure out if you have it. We all think we have it. I would tell you to not give up that fight. Right? I knew in my heart something was wrong, mm-hmm. um, and I I I am relentless. When it comes to my health. And I would encourage people to be the very best advocate they can be. I want them to know there are federal laws with patient rights. There are also state laws with patient rights. You need to know those. Uh, You don't settle for anyone less. You do what you need to do to get that diagnosis. That'd be the first one. If you are someone who has a loved one with lupus, I would tell you to caution your words of advice. We know that We want them to think positive, be happy, go to a chiropractor, just do yoga, right? Because Mm -hmm. we want someone to to feel better, but that doesn't help. So my best encouragement I would be, I would tell you is to seal your lips and then listen to learn simple things like, how are you feeling today is really important. How can I support you? Uh, What do you need from me? And then also just letting Them talk to you without the need to fix or heal them is very powerful.
0: Yeah, I like that. It's a very lonely
1: diagnosis. You, I think, what did I learn? 0.04% of the population has lupus, which is, you know, pretty rare. But I bet if you start looking, someone's going to be like, oh, my aunt or my grandma had that. And because this is an invisible illness, meaning on the outside, we look fine and dandy, but inside Mm -hmm. there's a storm raging. So too often, because it's mostly women, women are acting like they're fine because people don't understand lupus. So you need to check on your people, not only with lupus who have the invisible illnesses, mental illnesses, because they might not be doing well. And and
0: we don't want them to put on that face. We don't want them to fake it with us. Right. Absolutely. I agree. But I like how you said, how can I support you? That's like a wonderful question. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think you know what you need for someone Mm -hmm. and it's not always the case. Right. You don't know what they want. Maybe they want you to sit on the couch to hold their hand. Maybe they want you to text them, you know, once a day in the morning. It's up to them to
0: determine and it's up to you to reciprocate. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, thank you so much. Did you have anything else to add? Hmm.
1: I guess I would just tell people if they do have lupus, I want them to know that they are not their lupus. They are much, much more. did not let that be something that weighs them down like a Mr. T necklace. Mm-mm. <laughs> they have control of
0: how healthy they are and the healthier they can be, the more manageable their lupus is. Thank you so much. And tell us one more time how um, our listeners uh, can get a hold of you.
1: Sure. You can go to amandache.com or... Hop on Instagram at
0: Amanda Eche and buy the book on Amazon, please. And thank you. <laughs> thank you again so much. Again, guys, this is Robin. I'm Robin Black, and this is It's All About Healing. Everyone, stay blessed.